The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The state will pay 1.5 million euro to a European relocation system because the Republic does not have the space to accommodate an additional 350 international protection applicants. Now, the state previously had agreed to accept an extra 350 international protection applicants as part of a solidarity agreement which sees international protection applicants relocated in various EU member states. Now, to talk about this, I'm joined by the Secretary General of the Irish Red Cross, Deirdre Garvey. Deirdre, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, I'm trying to get my head around uh, these numbers. Uh, 350 extra over what? Because um, I I saw that between, uh, I think, in a year, uh, the number of those seeking international protection here went up by 90%. So clearly we're well above what we'd been doing before. So extra over what number did we agree to? Uh, Pat, just want to uh, clarify uh, for you and your listeners that the voluntary solidarity mechanism that's in the news today, that the government that you're speaking about, that the decision will be made this morning, that's a solidarity mechanism that has been brought in uh, for those countries that have opted into it to help alleviate the pressure on the frontline countries dealing Mm -hmm. with Uh, immigration. So that would be people crossing the Mediterranean in boats and putting a huge amount of pressure on the systems in in Italy and in Greece in particular. And previously there had been an agreement, ironically called the Dublin Regulation, whereby it was agreed that asylum seekers would be processed in the first country in which they landed. And that obviously put certain countries geographically located as a disadvantage. So this new voluntary solidarity mechanism is a way of providing, I guess, solidarity to those countries on the front line. And Ireland opted into it uh, to the level oh. of 350 now, So therefore, uh, would these, these uh, as I say, I'm trying to get, understand this, would this be 350 people who land in Greece and then they would be sent specifically to Ireland? In other words, they are identifiable people who have landed in, in Greece or wherever it might be, uh, and they will come directly because... Clearly, lots of people make their way indirectly to Ireland anyway. Yes. So these would be designated people from, if you like, the boat people of Greece. Uh, 350 people uh, from that cohort would be housed in Ireland. That's the, that's the deal. That would be the deal. And there's a number of countries across the EU that have voluntarily, this is a, this is a volunteer, voluntary solidarity scheme to share the work and the pressure on those countries that are very much at the front line. And yep. we've been seeing this in our headlines over five to seven to eight years. As we know, it's been very, very difficult situation uh, in the Mediterranean and for people fleeing Syria in particular, but also countries in the north of Africa. We've seen this on our TV screens really over the last decade. And it is part of that effort that this program. There are a number of different programs and it gets very technical, Pat, so I won't go into all of the different names for these programs by which uh, uh, asylum seekers or those fleeing uh, war and and disruption and famine in their countries can come into various countries in, in, in the world. There's a, there's, a, there's a whole variety of different mechanisms and this is one of them. 
Now, um, you know, the fact that we um, do, it appears to be what we can. I mean, it is difficult to add, uh, you know, 100,000 people to your population and house them all. We have uh, so many uh, Ukrainians who come in under a a different system. But in addition, we have seen uh, a huge increase in the number of those seeking international protection here. Um, The fact that we are put to the pin of our collars trying to cope with all of that um, that doesn't make any difference to this deal. We can't say, look, for heaven's sake, we're doing our best. We can't make that excuse. Is that is that the case? Well, I think you've you hit the nail on the head, uh, Pat. Uh, Ireland has, has as, as have many other countries in Europe, but Ireland has responded um, really, really positively to the war, to the emergency, to the extreme conditions that all of the countries in Europe have been placed in relation to the Ukraine war. We have... Um, in addition to the seven and a half thousand Ukrainian people that the that the Red Cross, with our NGO partners, uh, have placed in hosted uh, Irish accommodation, there are another three thousand people located through the local authorities in homes around the country, and another six thousand people who have been accommodated through private ad hoc arrangements. So. We've really hit 17,000 Ukrainians welcome in our home. We have the government housing 65,000 Ukrainians in a variety of different uh, places around the country. And yes, there has been an increase, as we know, in uh, wars and famine and civil disruption uh, all over the, 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 the world. And people are finding their way through the asylum system in increased numbers to our shores. And we are able to, for the most part, accommodate them. We have been hugely creative. Vacant properties, refurbished office blocks, you know, old public buildings. There's been an extraordinary, I guess, uh, positive contribution, creativity, welcome uh, from the government and from the Irish people. And I think that has to be noted in this context as well. It is a war. It is an emergency. These are unprecedented times. And this is happening to us on foot and on top of an infrastructural issue that we already had in this country in relation to housing and health. It isn't Um, caused by the migration issue, but it is uh, impacting on it. And I think it is a very difficult situation indeed in terms of providing the rightful accommodation for people who flee to these shores. Um, We are doing very, very positively so far. I'm just wondering, how do we compare in the the list of countries that have taken in uh, both Ukrainians and uh, those seeking international protection? Because we have added in a relatively short space of time, in a year, we've added 2% to our population. Now, that's a pretty hefty whack. It would represent in the UK if they did... uh, 2% 2% of what would be a million and a half or more, the same sort of figures for France. I mean, are, are we doing better in terms of what, our generosity than other countries or how do we fare? Well, I think what is really clear to say is that we're doing our fair share. Uh, and when you look at the numbers of Ukrainians, which are the, the numbers that I have more information about, um, you know, it is the countries, in fairness, to um, to how migration and refugees work. People tend to stay in their neighbouring countries. The vast majority of refugees get to somewhere safe and stay put. We see that dynamic happening in relation to Ukraine. Uh, Poland, Moldova, Romania. Uh, a significant amount more Ukrainians per head of population are located in those countries who have never made their way uh, over yeah. and across But, but isn't, isn't that so also that natural? That just, isn't no. it natural that you would seek an accommodation in the place closest to your home? Hopefully you can get 
back and get back more easily and more quickly. Uh, language difficulties would be minimised in those situations uh, because, you know, in Ireland, people comment on, on those who uh, come from far-flung points around the world who do not speak English, for example, and who choose Ireland and uh, you know, you're wondering, why does an Albanian choose Ireland? Why does a Georgian uh, choose Ireland? Why does uh, someone from South Africa choose Ireland when, you know, there are bound to be safe havens along the way? Yeah, and I think it's a very interesting way as to why and how people end up in different countries because we know from our own history that Irish people have ended up in places like Albania and Romania and Australia and Canada most, and many most, other Mostly well. so, we go to, um, you know, English-speaking countries. The UK, uh, the island of Britain was a great haven for Irish people in distress. The United States, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, ca- uh, Canada, to a lesser extent again, yeah. Australia and New Zealand. Uh, but, you know, and already listen, in did kind of... Irish populations already established there uh, and, you know, networks of people ready to welcome them. That was normally the the, uh, situation with Irish emigration. That is not necessarily the the situation with some of those cohorts I've mentioned. They have no networks here. And, you know, you ask why Ireland, uh, as many people do. And often people are accused um, of being racist or, you know, not being woke enough or whatever it is when they make these points, because they are mystified as to why people, some people make their way here. Um, Well, just to be really clear, I I didn't ask why Ireland. Um, I used it as an example as to the fact that people uh, who have made their way to Ireland uh, are not as many Ukrainian people here in Ireland per head of population as there are in the neighbouring countries. Sure. But I think it's really complicated. But but isn't that normal? You You know, that is normal that you you go across the border to the safest place you can find as close to your home place as possible where you understand the language, the culture, all of that. Um, If you can find a safe haven there, that's where you'd want to go. International migrants choose Ireland for a whole variety of reasons. Many do have family members here. Many uh, are interested in an English-speaking environment for their children. Uh, Ireland is part of the EU, uh, and we have been extremely welcoming and generous, and rightly so, rightly so. And, And it is absolutely correct for any legitimate concerns that communities have you know, questions should be asked and answered. I have absolutely no problem with that. And I have to say that the Irish people have just done an extraordinary, generous job with Ukrainians, with international protection. Uh, We have been very successful in opening our homes in terms of the pledged accommodation, in terms of what the government has been able to do in a variety of different mechanisms. And we have deployed all sorts of creativity in mm. able in order and, and to and we may do uh, more uh, property yeah i believe the modular housing will come on stream uh, for ukrainians who many of whom have to leave hotel accommodation uh, there will be flotels perhaps for those um, who are seeking international protection um one of my texters says on WhatsApp, actually, prior to paying a fine in relation to asylum seekers, the EU should undertake a review of the numbers accepted by member states. This was looked at a few months ago and Ireland had taken proportionately far more than other big EU countries. We seem to be the destination of choice for many, but there must be fairness in recognising how many people we've already accommodated. Let an independent body do the math by examining the actual numbers. The Irish government needs a backbone, says that one. Now, you've mentioned already Italy has certainly taken more than its share, one would imagine. Uh, Certainly Greece has taken more uh, than its share, but there may be other countries uh, not as 
open and generous as Ireland is. Then on the other hand, with the Ukrainians, uh, Poland, I'm sure, has taken more than its share. But another one asks, what about the 75% of the Irish public in the recent poll who think we're bringing in too many migrants, NGOs and government ignoring the views of the majority of the public? Listen, Irish people have always and will always be extraordinarily generous in supporting those less fortunate. We have opened our hearts, our homes, our wallets to support people coming to this country, fleeing conflict, oppression, war and environmental threats. So international migrants, it's really clear, are not a threat to our culture. Every single independent study, and you mentioned independent studies, these are not a threat to our culture. They enrich and diversify our culture. They're not a threat to our economy. They pay taxes and PRSI. Their children bolster pupil numbers in schools and often in rural areas where this is badly needed. Um, so I, I think we do need to have independent research and facts. And that's what the research will tell us. Um, and, and that is how and where the stories of impact that we in the Irish Red Cross are seeing every day of the week. Incredible bravery, incredible resilience, people leaving behind families, homes and livelihoods for safety. It's not a choice anybody would make lightly. You or I would not make this choice lightly to leave our homes with a black plastic sack and that's it. Um, So I, I, I think we can and have relied on the empathy and the generosity of Irish people in dealing with this particular crisis. We do need a medium and a long-term plan. It is not sustainable uh, to do what we are doing in terms of whether it be modular homes or floatels or whatever it is that we are, are, are deploying. You know, we do need a plan for migrants. The numbers of migrants, let's be honest, with climate change, it is likely to increase over the years. We have to address this in solidarity with other countries. You know, geographically we're an island, but on this particular issue, uh, we, we cannot be an island on this one. Deirdre, thank you very much for joining us. That's Deirdre Garvey, Secretary General of the Irish Red Cross. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.